Welcome to the Loma Linda University Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by the message. Good morning, church. So good to be worshiping with you here this morning. Uh, We are in part two of our series entitled Remedial. And last weekend, Pastor Miguel uh, preached an incredible message. And in that message, he brought up a very important debate that has been debated worldwide in America here. And that debate is whether you like to have your toilet paper like this right here on the inside, whether you like to have your toilet paper like this on the outside. Some of you are cringing right now. Uh, But he forgot, don't put this up yet, but he forgot a very specific option, and I think we need to include all the options here. This is an option that is uh, quite often the option at my house, and uh, it's this one right here. (laughs) This is actually a photo my wife took of our bathroom here from two days ago. So some of you may even have it where there's no no roll on there at all. That's, That's okay, too. I want to start off by saying to you this morning that salvation is here, salvation is now, and salvation is yours. Have you ever been in a situation where you've needed saving from in your life? I, I get myself into these situations all the time. Uh, one of those situations is, is when I, I can't remember someone's name. Uh, I have a problem with remembering people's names, especially people that I've known for a while. I'm supposed to remember the name, but I cannot remember their name for the life of me. And uh, it becomes a problem when I run into that person and we get into a conversation and I cannot remember their name and I am freaking out. The panic begins to rise in my body and I'm going like, oh man, I hope there's not a point where I have to remember their name. And uh, oftentimes, you know, the conversation goes in a way I don't have to remember it. And it slowly kind of subsides and oh, the relief in my body, uh, the panic begins to leave and we're about to go our separate ways when all of a sudden they turn to me and they say, Josh, can you pray for me? And in that moment, my panic rises in my body as I search every crevice of my brain to figure out what their name is. Well, I've got to pray for them. I can't remember their name. This could be a potentially really awkward situation. So you can do two things in this situation. You can, number one, throw out a random name and hope it hits. (laughs) Or number two is what we call the mumble method. And this is the method where you mumble a name. So you're praying, dear Lord, I just want to pray that you would, you would uh, be over uh, life and that you would lead and guide. And I mean, so far it's worked. I, I, they don't tell me if it hasn't worked. So, uh, but in that situation, I need saving. Another situation that I need saving in my life is uh, when my wife likes to send me um, memes or, or, or reels TikToks or little videos on, on my phone. She likes to send them to me because they're funny. And she goes, hey, babe, you got to watch this. This is so funny. Well, here's the thing is I don't, I don't want to watch it. I don't want to watch it. And so what I'll do is I'll respond back with a, either a laughing emoji uh, or I'll say, ha, 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 that was so funny. And usually that, that satisfies her. Like, you know, she thinks I watched it and that's great. Uh, the problem comes is when I get home and she goes, oh, wasn't that real so funny that I sent you? And I go, yeah, it was, it was hilarious. And I am not a good liar. I cannot lie for the life of me. And she's skeptical. She looks at me and goes, what was so funny about it? <laughs> and I'll tell you, in that moment, I need saving. We're going to be talking about salvation this morning. 
And maybe for you, when you hear that word salvation, uh, it brings up some emotions for you, some different feelings. It's a loaded word. It's a big loaded word. Maybe for you, it brings up feelings of, you know, peace and hope where you believe you've given your life to this man named Jesus. He's died on the cross for your sins. He's going to come back, take you to a better place with a select group of people, and you'll see your loved ones, and and it's beautiful. Maybe for you, when you hear that word salvation, it kind of triggers you a little bit. (laughs) You know, that word that you've, you've grown up with, salvation. It triggers you a little bit. You remember those awkward altar calls where the, the pastor would, uh, you know, emotionally call you to the front and you would feel guilty for not going up. Or he would say, hey, raise your hand if you want to receive salvation today. And uh, a hand would go up in the back. Uh, he said, I got one, I got two, I got 20. And you'd open your eyes and you'd look back and there was no one raising their hand. Or maybe it triggers you because you've been told that you, by just being you, don't meet the requirements of salvation. Or maybe uh, you're here this morning, and when you hear that word salvation, it brings up fear in your life. It brings up fear. You know, do I, do I have salvation? Do I not have salvation? If I do have salvation, uh, can I lose my salvation? And then if I have salvation and I make it to heaven, uh, what's it going to be like? Am I going to still be married to the person that I'm with here on earth? Uh, what's it going to be like? We're going to live for all eternity. What's, what, what are we going to do for all eternity? Is it going to get boring? There's so many questions. And maybe it brings up fear for you. Well, I totally get it. This word, salvation, it's loaded. It brings up all kinds of different emotions. But I believe that here as a church, that when we talk about salvation, when we preach salvation, when we say that word, it should and can bring hope and peace and joy to people's lives. And not only hope and peace and joy, but it should also ultimately connect us to the very people around us. But in order to experience that that kind of salvation, experience that. I think that as a church, we need to do a couple things. We need to move on from a couple things. We need to move past a couple things. We're going to talk about three of those things here. The first thing that I think that as a church that we need to move past is, number one, we need to move past focusing so much on our one-way ticket off this planet that we miss what is happening around us right here and right now. So I'm not a multitasker. Not a multitasker at all. Uh, When I'm doing the dishes, I'm doing the dishes, my wife will go and turn on the TV, and as soon as she turns on the TV, I just... I freeze. I can't do two things at once. I'm not a multitasker. Uh, when I'm on my phone scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, she'll try to talk to me. I, I can't hear her. You could rob my house, and I probably wouldn't notice because I'm so focused on what's happening in front of me that I miss out on what is happening around me. And I think we do the same thing sometimes with our idea of salvation. We're so focused on the future of being saved from pain and suffering somewhere else that we can't even see the pain and suffering of the people around us that is happening right here and right now. There's a whole community of people around us in need. There's a whole world that needs to be taken care of. And our ideas of salvation should connect us to those very people around us. It should connect us to the very world around us and not lead us to simply just shut it out. And Christ says, I love this, he says, I first loved you, go and love others. He didn't say, because I have first loved you, now figure out how you're going to get to heaven. The second thing that I think that we need to begin to move past, we need to move past the idea that salvation is limited. 
you know, I think that some people are going to be disappointed when they get to heaven because they're going to realize that they're not the only ones there. I love this story, uh, 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 this fable. A man arrives at the gates of heaven, and St. Peter asks, he says, what religion are you? And the man says, I'm Methodist. So St. Peter looks down his list and says, go to room 24, but be very quiet as you pass room 8. Another man arrives at the gates of heaven, and St. Peter asks, what religion are you? He says, okay, I am a Lutheran. Uh, St. Peter says, okay, go to room 18, but be very quiet as you pass room 8. Well, the third man arrives at the gates, and St. Peter says, okay, what's your religion? The man says, I'm a Presbyterian. He says, go to 11, room 11, but be very quiet as you pass room 8. The man, a little bit kind of confused, he speaks up. I says, he says, I, I get that we have different rooms for different denominations. You know, it's good. We're, we're very different. Uh, but why do we have to be quiet as we pass room 8? Well, St. Peter looks at him and, and whispers, well, the Adventists are in room 8, and they think they're the only ones here. You see, we've got to move past the ideas that salvation is limited to only a select group of people who are doing life the way that we think it needs to be done. Limited to the people who think like us, look like us, love like us, and live like us. And why not hope for, for an unlimited salvation? Why not believe in a God who is capable of saving, if not everyone, a whole lot of people? The third thing that we need to move past is the idea that salvation is only for the future. I love how scripture says this. It says in John 10, 10, it says, Jesus has come so that we may have life abundant. That we may have life abundant in the here and the now. You can experience salvation in the here and the now. Now this word, you know, we've talked about it. Salvation, it's a big Christian word. It has a lot of emotions for each of us. You know, some of us, it brings peace. Some of us, it kind of triggers us a little bit. Some of us, it brings, brings fear. But I, I think that salvation is, is simply this. I think that salvation is freedom. Scripture says, it says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is freedom. We believe as a Christian church that, yes, one day we're going to experience freedom, right? We're going to experience freedom through Jesus Christ in the future. We're going to experience freedom from suffering, from pain, from death and sin. But I believe that we as people here can experience freedom in the here and the now today. Maybe you say, Josh, uh, well, how, do, how do I experience freedom? I don't really feel like I'm living a life of freedom. How, how, how do we even experience freedom? Well, I want to take us to a text in Scripture that will begin to point us towards Jesus and begin to point us in ways that we can begin to live a life of freedom here and now on earth. So if you have your Bibles, uh, your phones, your Bibles, uh, open them with me to Mark 2, 1 to 12. Mark 2, 1 to 12. We're going to have it on the screen as well. You'll be able to read it up here. Mark 2, 1 to 12. It says this. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, some teachers of the law, they were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? 
He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, walked out in full view of them. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I love this story here. I think it's so loaded. You know, this guy, he was paralyzed. He couldn't make his way to Jesus. Well, he had some really good friends. I don't know if you have friends like that, but he had some really good friends who picked him up, who took him to Jesus. He, they dug a hole on the roof. They took him to Jesus. And I love this because I, I think it's get, getting at something really important here. If you want to experience freedom in your life, oftentimes you can find freedom in the very people around you. When you can't find freedom yourself, sometimes the people around you can find freedom for you. When you can't believe anymore, maybe you need someone to believe for you. When you can't pray anymore, maybe you need someone to pray for you. When you've given up on yourself, maybe you need someone in your life to come and speak words of love and of confidence into your life. Freedom can be found in the very people around you. I have a friend who was battling uh, anxiety in his life. Uh, he was losing the battle of anxiety. Uh, he no longer could function. He, he, he was on leave from his job and um, couldn't function, couldn't do it himself. Well, his sister and, her, and, his, and his brother-in-law came, and they said, we're going to help you out. They picked him up, put him in the car. They took him, checked him into the hospital. They uh, got him the therapist he needed. They got him the medication he needed. They took him to their house where for a whole month they took care of him. They bought him food. They made the meals. They took him on walks every day to the point where his mind began to heal. His mind began to heal. He began to do the simple things of life again. He began to, to be able to function again all the way to the point where he was able to go back to work. And to this day, he is now thriving. And he'll say to you, if it wasn't for those people in my life, I wouldn't be where I am today. Because when he couldn't do it himself, it was the people around him that were his freedom. It was the people around him that were his salvation. Now, there's two different people in life. There's the types of people that are the ones that bring freedom and salvation to the people around them. And then there's the ones that keep people from freedom and keep people from Jesus. The text says here, it says, the crowds had gathered were so large that there was no room for them. They were so focused on their, their church gathering there in Capernaum. They were so focused that they missed the, the, the paralytic man and his friends in need outside the door. I hope that we are not a church that keeps people from Jesus and keeps people from freedom. Where we're so focused on, on getting out of here one day that we miss the people in need outside our door. I hope that we can be a church that speaks freedom and life into the lives of people right here and right now. That just as Jesus said, I come to bring abundant life, that we could do the same. Well, I love these guys, their persistence. They uh, picked this guy up. They couldn't get through the crowds. So they went up on, on the roof of the house. Uh, I don't know how they did it. 
four grown men with another grown man on a, on a stretcher. I don't know how they did it. They get up to the roof of the house and they start digging. They start digging and digging and digging their way to Jesus. Sometimes if you want to experience freedom in your life, you've got to do a little bit of digging. I uh, used to live here on Yardley Street, right here in Loma Linda, and uh, recently moved to Beaumont, 30 minutes away. Uh, used to live here in Loma Linda, and we had a 92-pound Doberman. And uh, I think we got a picture of him here. Yeah, right there, 92-pound Doberman. Incredible dog, friendly dog, but he had a problem with, with little animals, cats and squirrels and stuff. Uh, one of the reasons why he actually got given up and we, we took him in. Um, we're at home one night, and my wife comes in with the groceries, and our big 92-pound Doberman squeezes past her and runs out the door. And uh, so I frantic run out after him, start chasing him, find him in our neighbor's yard with a massive skunk in his mouth. And he is just, you know, his prey drive is kicked in. He's trying to kill this thing, and he's whipping it back and forth with his head. It's spraying himself. So I run in there. I grab Derman, and I'm getting sprayed now with skunk all over me. Finally get him to drop it, run to the backyard. I'm gagging and puking as I go to the backyard. If you've never been, been uh, sprayed by a skunk before, it is a horrendous experience. It goes everywhere. The neighbors start coming out of their houses going, what in the world is going on? We smell this horrible smell in our house. It is a horrendous experience. We didn't have tomato juice. I know that's the remedy. We didn't have tomato juice, so we simply used Dawn soap. Dawn soap does not work that well. So I spent my afternoon or my evening rinsing myself with Dawn soap, half naked in my backyard with the dog, trying to clean this smell off. Well, let me tell you, we smelled like skunk in that house for about a month or two after. Uh, I smelled like skunk. The dog smelled like skunk. The couch smelled like skunk. My wife smelled like skunk. Everything smelled like skunk. We had to do crazy things to get rid of it. We had to burn things. We had to throw things out. I had to go dig a huge hole in the backyard, dig a huge hole, and dig, 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 to finally bury that thing just so the smell wouldn't come through the ground. We want to experience freedom in your life. Sometimes you have to do a little bit of digging. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of the personal work. If you want freedom from anxiety in your life, then maybe go ahead and, and book that appointment with that therapist that you were going to book with. If you want to have freedom from destructive habits in your life, maybe you need a community, maybe you need a, a group, maybe you need an accountability partner. If you want to have spiritual freedom in your life, maybe you need to do a little bit of exploring. If you want to have financial freedom in your life, maybe you need to start a budget. If you want to have freedom from that tension at home, maybe you need to go to marriage counseling. When you start to do that work, when you start to do that digging and that personal work, I guarantee you're going to begin to start seeing breakthrough in your life. You got to do the digging. You got to do some work. The story goes on, and, and the very people that were not happy, that were not happy about this guy getting healed by Jesus and, and finding freedom, they were the religious folk. Because when you begin to experience freedom in your life, there's going to be people that don't like it and want to take it away from you. Now, I, I'm a Canadian. For those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm a Canadian. I'm a proud Canadian. Uh, just this past July, we celebrated Canada Day, July 1st. I know we kind of get overshadowed by America Day, July 4th. That's okay. For those of you who don't know, Canada is that country just above you. Um, 
beautiful country. Visit it sometime. Uh, but I've moved here. I'm on a visa right now. Uh, my wife is American, not why I married her. Um, <laughs> but we're working towards getting American citizenship. And let me tell you, I dream of the day when I can one day hold that American passport in my hand. Well, they tell me that what happens is, is that an actual bald eagle delivers it to your door when you get it, and then it flies off to the sound of gunshots and the star-speckled banner, and um, it's beautiful. And let me tell you, I can't wait. And when I get my hands on that American citizenship, I am not going to let anybody take it away from me. When you get a hold of that freedom in your life, don't let anyone take it away from you. Because when you finally experience the peace of knowing that Jesus Christ loves and fully accepts who you are, there's going to be people that want to tell you otherwise. Because free people can't be controlled. Because we live under the grace, love, and freedom of Christ. Not the opinions and ideas of man. I love here, I love how this story ends. Paralyzed man, he gets healed by Jesus. He picks up his mat. He walks out a free man. And it says, it says here, it says, the crowds were amazed because they had never seen anything like it. When you experience freedom in your life, there is nothing like it. There is nothing like the feeling of, of fully accepting yourself and realizing that Jesus fully loves and accepts who you are. There's nothing like the freedom of, of, in the communities. There's nothing like finding freedom in the communities and people around you who love and support you. There's nothing like finding freedom because you did some digging in your life. You've done the personal work. There's nothing like having a freedom in your life that no one can take away. So I know the whole idea of uh, future salvation, it can, be, it can be overwhelming sometimes, you know. It can bring up a lot of different emotions uh, it can be kind of complicated. What's, what's going to happen next? Where are we going? But I want to say to you this morning, let's, let's leave that up to Jesus. Let's leave that up to the Savior. Let's not get so focused on getting out of here that we miss the world around us and the people in need around us. I hope that Loma Linda University Church, I hope that it can be a space where people can find freedom right at the front door. I hope they can come to this space and they don't have to try to get through the crowds and the people are keeping them from freedom. They're keeping them from salvation. They're keeping them from Jesus where all of a sudden we have a hole being dug in our sanctuary because that's the only way they can get to Jesus. I hope that this can be a space where we speak freedom, life, and hope into people's lives. I hope that this morning that Loma Linda University Church doesn't minimize the freedom of salvation but maximizes it, believing that we serve a God whose love reaches further than we will ever know. And yes, we believe as a church that through Jesus Christ, through his grace, his love, and mercy, we're going to experience freedom one day from sin, from death, from suffering. And we look forward to that day. But I believe that we can experience the freedom of salvation right here and right now today. So I want to leave you with this. Freedom is here Freedom is now, freedom is yours. Freedom is here, freedom is now, freedom is yours. Salvation is here, salvation is now, salvation is yours.
find more podcasts, videos, church events, and how you can support the Loma Linda University Church at lluc.org.